millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and I am your ever-loving host, Dr. Abby Medcalf. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hey everyone, this is episode 77 of the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and I am very happy as always that you're here. Yay! So, first, before I jump in, I have to give a shout out to Jake from Melbourne, Australia, who sent me the funniest email, and it was so great, and through a series of snafus um, on my end, I didn't get the email for about a month, (laughs) but if you write in, that's not usually a problem. Um, It just, anyway, we had some crossover with, you know, my, my support staff and, and things got lost for a minute there, but anyway, and it was the funniest, most awesome email. And I just can't thank you enough. And uh, he just, you know, I love when you guys write in, it's so cool. Makes my day. That's a hint. Jewish mother guilt send me an email, say hi. Uh, you can do it through the website, but you can also just do it directly because I'm the one who reads them at abby at abbymedcalf.com. Yes, it comes directly to me. I really read them. I really reply. There you go. Uh, and sometimes I have a lot of you <laughs> who do write in. So sometimes it does take me a couple minutes, but I always get to it. I, it's just one of my favorite, favorite things. And there you go. The second thing is, uh, if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, I do not know what you're waiting for. A lot of you, thousands of you now are listening per month, yet I don't have thousands of subscribers. So I don't understand. If you could please hit the subscribe button, it would be awesome. Other people will find me. We'll move on up those charts. It'll be really cool. And... Uh, if you could leave a review, if you find this helpful and you think it's good, it just helps other people know if it's going to be helpful for them. I don't want to waste anybody's time if it's not going to be something that, you know, it's going to hit for them. So if you can write something about, you know, why you think it's fabulous, uh, that would be cool. All right, here we go. We're going to jump into this. Today is about how to get out of negative thinking. And if I had to write down the number one complaint I hear from my clients, it would be something like, but I just can't stop thinking about it. Uh, you know, I, my kids say it too, by the way, and, and my friends sometimes, you know, people in my life say it, not just my clients, but, uh, you know, you can't stop playing a certain scenario over and over again in your head, or you just can't stop worrying about something that you think might happen, or uh, thinking about something you did that you're just dying about. So, Not only are these negative thoughts linked to your mental health, I just want to point this out. So we know there's things like increased anxiety and depression, you know, and any other, if you have a bipolar disorder or any other mood disorder, it's exacerbated, made worse by negative thinking. We know this. But there's also research, because 
you know, I always do research before every uh, podcast. And I was shocked to find how, see how much research there is about how negative thinking actually hurts you physically. There is really a growing body of research showing, uh, linking negative thoughts to, uh, and emotions to things like heart disease, strokes, and get this, dementia. Yeah. Yeah. So we know it has effects, you know, people aren't, aren't married or aren't happy in their marriages, their, their relationships suffer. We know their jobs suffer. We know all this stuff happens from negative thinking, but it actually is hurting you physically. So if you, if nothing else sways you into attacking this problem once and for all, then I'm hoping that does. So with all, you know, really with all these negative effects, I want you to think, isn't it time to get really, I mean, serious about getting rid of them? You can help how you think and you can change it, but it's going to take some focused attention. It is. There's going to be a little work involved. There's going to be some focused attention. So here's what we're going to do today. Today, I'm going to teach you first the four main reasons why you get stuck in negative thoughts. Then we're going to talk about the three ways you're likely coping with the negative feelings that don't work. And then I'm going to give you, are you ready? My top seven tips to get out of negative thinking. So you don't have to use all of them, but if even one of these hits, right, won't that be incredible? So, all right, so let's get to it because, you know, we have a lot to cover. As always, by the way, I will have a, a great little handout with those seven tips that you can download. So if you're driving or, you know, you don't want to take notes right now, you can go to the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 77. And uh, right there will be a little thing, a little link that you, where you can download uh, the seven strategies that I'm going to talk about today. So uh, you can just sit back and relax and listen and come back to it later if you want. All right. So let me just start by saying that I, I'm going to be interchanging the words thoughts and emotions and feelings. I'm going to be interchanging those words because we know, and I, you know, you've been listening to me for a while, you know that you feel the way you think. So stopping negative thoughts will stop negative emotions. That's how that works. That's where that comes from. Those, those emotions don't just pop up. It, it's a, it's a brain, it's from your brain, it's from your mind that that happens. It's from how you're thinking about things. So, uh, and if you, um, and I'll, obviously I'll give the caveat that if your brain chemistry is altered because of depression, you know, some clinical diagnosis, what we know is that th of course, then there's less, usually less neurotransmitters in your brain that help make you feel better like serotonin and dopamine. Uh, and, or that they're not locking in receptor sites correctly, all those kinds of things. So there's obviously that going on, um, which is creating something physical in your body. And this, whether that's there or not, this absolutely positively will help what I'm talking about today. So there you go. All right. So we tend to get stuck in bad thoughts and emotions for four main reasons. The first is what the Buddhists call your monkey mind. And that's the phenomena of allowing your mind just to run all over the place. And uh, it's spoken about as if your thoughts are, your mind is swinging from branch to branch, like, you know, these monkeys just sort of, and it's with no direction, just going, going. And it's all the internal chatter 
that you're often not aware of. You don't even know what's happening. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know all about mindfulness and self-awareness, so you know how to stop that monkey mind. Uh, and if you're listening to this for the first time, then that's something, I'll link to that in the show notes. You might want to go back to some mindful activities so you can uh, quiet that monkey mind. But when you don't check these wandering thoughts, they naturally lean towards the negative because of your brain's negativity bias. And again, I've talked about the negativity bias quite a bit on the podcast. So allowing your thoughts to focus on uh, or you know, to focus on worry about the future, to focus on regrets, criticisms, judgments. I want you to think of that as an indulgence you can't afford to continue. I'm going to say that again. You're indulging yourself when you allow your brain to just go. It's like eating a pint of Haagen-Dazs. It's not healthy for you. It is not good for you. In the moment, it seems to be okay because you're doing it, but you really need to look at it like an indulgence that has to stop ASAP. So uh, that's that's my first thing I want to talk about. The second reason, or the second, uh, yeah, second reason that you get stuck in bad thoughts or emotions, uh, beside after your monkey mind, is momentum. This is a huge problem that you're likely not addressing. So let me ask you this. Here's what I want you to imagine. There's a car. Your car, if you have a car, <laughs> is at the top of a big hill. And it's parked up there right at the tippy tippy top. And then suddenly the brakes go out. And you're standing there, you're watching your car, you're not in your car. And you're looking at that car. And let me ask you this, would you want to try to stop that car at right there at the top of the hill? Or would you want to be at the bottom and stop the car there? So I know this seems obvious. It doesn't take a genius to see. You, if you waited at the bottom of the hill to try to stop the car, you would fail miserably and you would get flattened in the process. You'd, of course, want to stop the car as close to the top of the hill as possible. But why? Think about this for a minute. Why is there a difference? It's the same car. It weighs the same at the top of the hill as it does at the bottom. It's The, the car itself doesn't weigh anything different. But you want to stop it, of course, at the top because it hasn't had any chance to gain any momentum. It's the momentum and the force that the momentum builds and creates that crushes you under the tires if you were to wait at the bottom of the hill. That That's, that's the issue. And this is the exact same thing for your negative thoughts. Allowing negative thoughts to gain momentum all day is a huge problem. The secret is to stop those negative thoughts as soon as they happen, right at the top of that friggin' hill. You can't allow them to gain momentum. They're so, so hard to stop. And I will say this, the you know your brain resets overnight. All your neurotransmitters reset, your hormones reset, all that good stuff happens. And so if you have a crappy day, <laughs> go to sleep. What, one of the things that can help is sleep. Now, don't oversleep, and it's hard with depression sometimes because people sleep too much, but I really want you sometimes, you know, taking a little nap and waking up and deciding to tackle it again, you know, your day again, your thoughts again, it can be the way to go. So I, I do want to say that. But so momentum's monkey mind's one, momentum is two. The third reason you're stuck in those bad thoughts and emotions is it's a habit. Negative thoughts can 
or just just become a habit. You're in the habit of allowing your mind to wander uh, in the shower or uh, when you're driving your car or wherever. You're not in the habit of being mindful in your moments and checking in with yourself and and stopping those thoughts. So these habits end up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. You allow the old tapes to play on a loop, and even though they don't necessarily have any grounding in current reality, any grounding at all, we believe them because they've been there for so long. So we take them as fact. So a lot of times things could happen when you're young. Maybe um, I have a client who was raised by a single mom and she was uh, picked bad men. She just had a bad picker, this woman. She picked very bad men. And my client's female. And uh, so my client heard her whole life and saw her whole upbringing, I should say, not her whole life, but her, you know, all those years of growing up, um, her dad was absent, never a part of her life, her bio dad. And these men would come in and out of her mom's life and they were kind of horrible. Uh, they were horrible to her mom. They, she saw them treating her badly, treating her badly. And uh, her mom, of course, was complaining all the time about there's no good men, men suck, men this, men that. And not shockingly, my, <laughs> my client grew up to have difficulty in relationships. I know. Shocking. So not shocking. Uh, and it's a lot of this, it becomes this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. These old tapes, they're playing on their this loop again. And so her currently, there's lots of good men out there. I'm with one. There's there's tons of good men. I've been with many good men in my past too. It's they're they're there. But I have a loop that men are great. Uh, my dad was just this awesome guy. My brothers, while they tortured me growing up, are basically good men. Uh, and so in my head, men are good. And I had uh, grandfathers and I had uncles. You know, I had a lot of male great coaches. I had a lot of good male role models. And so I was with great men and, and I was in a lot of, you know, long-term relationships before my current uh, with really good men. Uh, nobody was, uh, I could think of one, sorry, who <laughs> wasn't great, but in general. And that's my own self-fulfilling prophecy because of this belief I was raised with about men, that they're good, that they stay, that they're loyal, uh, all that good stuff. So it's not a coincidence when these things happen. Now, uh, so, you know, I can't find a good man or I'm no good at math or whatever your thing might be. It's not necessarily grounded in current reality, but it can seem like it is because, again, of this habit of thinking these thoughts and then that's what gets attracted to you. And of course, you don't notice when good men, let's say if it's men, do come around. Remember, I've talked before, I'll just say it really quickly about our reticular activating system, which is the RAS for short. And uh, I'll link to that also in the show notes to give people a reminder if you, I have a little quick video on that. Um, But basically it's a filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind. So uh, when you consciously think something, it sends it as an order to look for it to your subconscious. So if you think there's no good men, any part of you thinks that, your subconscious takes that as the order, the instruction, look for bad men. It does. There's no good men. And so when good men do come in your field of view, your RAS will filter that out because it doesn't match 
what the thought is. So it'll just filter it out. So if a good man comes around, you won't even notice him. Won't even see this guy. Uh, or if he's doing nice things or something's happening, won't really register. And that's sort of how that works. So when negative thoughts become a bad habit, we're in, we're in big trouble on a lot of levels. And number four, the last reason is you want to be right. Uh Uh-huh. I said it. Yeah, I said it. Yep. (laughs) You'll sacrifice your happiness to be right. You get in that argument with your partner and and you think, but I'm right. I am righteously right. So you don't back down and you end up, you know you do this, playing that argument over and over again in your head and becoming more and more negative about whatever happened. (laughs) You just, you're sitting in it. You're whatever it was. And if you've been listening to me, you know, I call this a correct or effective. Do you want to be correct or do you want to be effective? And you feel driven to be right about something instead of focusing on being effective. You, you just get in your head about it and it get be, that becomes its own thing. And it pushes negative thoughts and feelings to the forefront as you prove your point and work to prove your partner wrong and work to prove the other person wrong. This is all a negative little thing there. You're getting in that friction and that tension and that frustration and that anger, and then you start to play it. So those are the four main reasons, I think, uh, for getting stuck in bad thoughts. Your monkey mind, your momentum, you let the momentum take over, it becomes a bad habit, and you know, you'll want to be right. So (laughs) there are... There are three main ways that people tend to deal with their negative thoughts and feelings that don't work. So here's the three top things I see in my office when people have negative thoughts. Um, One, they wear them like emotional snuggies. I call them snuggies. Uh, And I'm actually going to do a whole podcast on snuggies (laughs) next month um, because I speak a lot about it to my private clients and I always hear, I, you know, we need more information on that. But basically, you know, those Snuggies on TV, you know what I'm talking about? That they used to be really big on TV. I think they're all in stores now, but they're like these big kind of poncho blanket sweater thing. I don't know what you'd call that, that you like wear and they're really warm and you wrap yourself up in them. Well, people do this with their emotions. And I, so I call it an emotional Snuggie. So you're so focused on being right or you're focused on not being disappointed. You know, you're focused on not getting your hopes up. So you wrap yourself up in your in those cynical and negative feelings and it starts to feel way too comfortable. You get all wrapped up in that sn- cynical Snuggie and, uh, you know, you dig in, you get entrenched in these thoughts and feelings. So you don't allow in any other way of thinking because, boy, you are just settled in. You got that Snuggie on. You got a bowl of popcorn. You are watching the TV, you know, binge watching something on TV. You are in. And this is a huge defense mechanism and it's really hurting you. So I see folks do that. They're just entrenched in this way of thinking. They don't want to give it up for it could, because really for because of fear. We're afraid. We're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid to be open. We have some underlying shame. All those things, all these negative emotions are emotional little snuggies that become too comfortable. The second thing I see people doing is ignoring them. They, they ignore these negative thoughts and they bottle them up or, you know, you know, stuffing your negative feelings doesn't work because other people can see that you're upset. And even though you're not admitting it, and this upsets or stresses them. 
this idea you have that no one's noticing how stressed you are, I'm not sure what you're thinking. Uh, The other problem with trying to ignore your negative thoughts is that you're likely taking out the negative emotions in the wrong place. I see that all the time. So, uh, you know, this is the whole, um, you know, I'm mad at my boss and I come home and yell at my kid kind of thing. It, it's, uh, we're, those negative feelings, they do go somewhere. It, we, we see them. We, somehow they show up. You can't just bottle them, stuff them, or try to ignore them. And also we know, and this is again from the research, that the more you try to ignore something, the harder it is to get out of your mind. Like if I told you not to think about black cats right now, don't think about black cats. No, nope, no black cats, no black cats. Y- you can't not think about a black cat. It gets conjured up in your mind immediately. I'll actually link to that research in the show notes too, but I think you've heard that before. So uh, that's another thing that doesn't work. And the last thing I see that really doesn't work and probably the most common with the clients I have who come in is that they do the opposite of stuffing their feelings or ignoring them and that they think about them nonstop. They ruminate. If you're a ruminator, you you rehash the situations, you go over and over them in your head. I have one client who does this ad nauseum. Uh, again, it's usually from some sort of severe anxiety. And uh, you're, you rehash the situations, your behaviors, the feelings, what was said, what wasn't said. You do it over and over and over again. You are like just at it. You are picking things apart. You're, what if I had said this and this should have happened and this didn't? And it gets you deeper and deeper into negative thoughts and emotions. So the other thing that happens from that, all that ruminating is you're likely uh, blaming yourself. I'm such an idiot. Why do I always X or how come I can never Y, you know, fill in the blank. You compare yourself to others or some you know, perfect ideal that can never be reached and you end up feeling more depressed or anxious. And and th- so those are the three things I see all the time and none of them work. So, so let them all go <laughs> right now. Um, let's all take a breath together and let's let them go. Yeah. So instead of participating in these things that don't work, you want to focus on the things that do work. And really the tools that work or anything that helps you accept, observe, and or detach. When you can do those things, then you can stop negative thinking. That's really where you want to focus. So, uh, and the seven tips I'm going to give you right now, incorporate, you know, one of, at least one of those in each one, you know, so in some way. Um, so, okay, ready? Woo. I'm clapping. Let's get down to our tips. Let's do it, people. And again, these are available at abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Uh, This is episode 77. Is that what I told you it was? (laughs) I should go look. I'll look. 77. I was right. Um, uh, This is episode 77. So you just go over to the website and you can download all of these uh, and, you know, not have to sweat too much about it. Okay. So tip number one, and I love this one, and it's have a mantra. Uh, you know, a mantra is just your go-to phrase or word to help you stop the momentum of that car on the hill. It uh, You don't have to ohm or chant. You can, it's fine, but uh, you want to see that thought 
basically what you want to do, the reason you're using a mantra is you, you want to see the, that thought and come back to a better feeling thought or phrase as soon as possible. So again, you need to be aware. You need to be, you know, in the moment, but, uh, it, we're back to that mindfulness. But once you notice the thought, this, the second you do go into your mantra. Now, some common mantras that work, I would say in most situations, uh, a common one from 12 steps, you know, you guys know I'm in recovery. I talk about 12 steps a lot, uh, is this too shall pass. That one, I go there. I, I use that one. This too shall pass it cause it will, uh, this too shall pass. And it'll, especially it'll pass if you stop ruminating on it. Um, <laughs> all right. Another one from the 12 step rooms that's really, uh, common is one day at a time. One, oh, that one day at a time. And we'll say that, okay, just do this one day at a time because a lot of the negative thinking gets us tripping about the future. And if you just stay in the day, it's like, okay, just what am I doing today? What am I doing today? My mantra often is what's my next right action? What's my next right action? That's kind of a Buddhist thing, but I just try to think about what can I do right now, right this moment. Maybe my next right action is to go splash water on my face. Maybe it's to get a cup of tea. Maybe it's whatever, uh, take a nap. Maybe it's to call a, a supportive friend. Maybe, I don't know. You know, whatever it is though, that helps me. And it, it does a double thing. It, it, it switches my thinking. It gets me into thinking about problem solving. And it also uh, moves my energy and attention into action, which is great. And action always helps us feel better whenever we take action. So uh, you might say things like, oh, this could happen to anyone or breathe. That's a good one. I use that one. I'll just say, okay, breathe. Just take a breath. Take a breath. Uh, the thing is, though, that doesn't keep me somewhere for long. I, I usually have to do something a little more. I might take a breath and then do something else. Um, I have a client who always says to himself, I'm okay right now. Right now, I'm okay. And he gives himself a moment to really feel that. So, and my mantras do tend to change depending on where I am. Uh, and I will tell you a big one I have with my family. I love my family so much, but when I'm, they can drive me very batty. So when I'm with them or talking to them on the phone, or maybe I'm talking to uh, one of my brothers, you know, and he mentions another brother or my sister or something, you know, uh, or whatever that is, my mantra is often something like, love them anyway. And love them anyway. You, you, this is this person. Love them. This is who they are this is who they are. So love them for who they are. Instead of getting all wrapped up in what I want them to be or what I wish would happen. Uh, they're doing the best with the tools they have. That's a common one for me. That was a big one I used a lot with my, my folks growing up. Uh, you know, they're doing the best with the tools they have. This, this is their best shot at this. Both my parents had a lot of trauma in their childhoods and, um, this, this is the best they can do. So your mantra could also be a prayer, a quote, just about anything that shifts your thinking into the present. And here's the deal. It has to soothe you. It has to feel soothing. It has to, it's, it's like a, a mantra is like a, a little binky, you know, <laughs> you're just putting it in your mouth for a moment, uh, to, to soothe yourself. So if, even if it's for a few moments, you, you want to, it needs to be soothing. Okay. Tip number two to stop negative thinking is to do something nice. Yeah. When negative thoughts and emotions are coming at you, 
one of the quickest way out is to do something nice for someone else. It works like a charm. The second you do that, you gain perspective and it never fails to generate new thoughts and emotions. It's, it is so hard not to be uplifted when we're generous or kind. I, I dare you, I challenge you <laughs> to do something lovely, generous, altruistic, thoughtful, kind for someone else and not feel better. It's going to happen. And that is a way to stop your negative thoughts is to put yourself in service of others. It works like nobody's business. And just for the record, I often come back to being of service to my, to my family. So it's easy to get caught up in chores and, you know, oh, I got to make dinner and I'm cleaning the dishes and the kids don't do enough and where's Gary and whatever I might say. And instead to be in, you know, I get to do this. Like my kids are not going to be with me forever. I am going to look back on these teenage days with such, uh, with such nostalgia. It, you know, in just a few years, both my kids are going to be out of the house. God willing, I'm knocking on wood right now. Uh, you know, but they are, right? They're going to be out of the house and, you know, they're going to start their lives and they're going to move away from me and they're going to be somewhere else. And so I try really hard to, you know, as I'm cooking dinner to think, oh, I'm having this moment with my kids and I'm, and I'm getting to serve them and be of service to them and make their lives better and create deeper connection with them. Like, so it feels different than I'm the maid or I'm the housekeeper or I'm the, you know, sh I'm just the personal chef. <laughs> it feels different to think of being a service. Cause, so I like to use this, do something nice in that way too. But I, I'll even do things when I'm feeling crappy. I'll just get online and look for somewhere to donate. I will, uh, go look for gifts for friends. I will, I'll do all kinds of weird things. Um, but you know, doing something nice, it's a great way to pull it out. And obviously if you have a weekly volunteer commitment or even a monthly one, that's always lovely too. Okay. Tip number three to stop negative thinking is to ask yourself, really, really? <laughs> you have to do it like that. Everyone say it out loud right now. Really? <laughs> so are you imagining all the things that could happen in the future off of one event in the present? I I had a client do this the other day. She's like, <laughs> you know, I don't have a job. I'm not working. I'm going to blow through the re rest of my savings and I'm going to end up in a box under the highway. This is literally what she imagines. She imagines like a nice big box, but it doesn't matter. Box under the highway. Really? Really? Are you sure that's really going to happen? <laughs> you don't have a relative who would take you in first. She does. You don't have any other prospects or opportunities that could possibly come your way. She does. I also like to say, has it, like, what proof do you have? You know, you, in these instances, you kind of need to bitch slap yourself. That's what you need to do. That's what really is. It's bitch slapping yourself. Is this one bad thing or this, you know, one, you know, thread that's going on really going to affect your whole day, your whole life, your entire future? And what proof do you have? What has this happened before? Like, so for example, my client has never lived in a box under a bridge. And as a matter of fact, she's able to live in her home that she bought because she saved for so many years and did such a good job with that, that she does have savings to, to live off of as she's figuring all this out. And she has never not taken care of herself. 
And, you know, she's in her 50s. It's like, come on, girl. So this idea that when we go to this super negative, crazy place when we have stuff go on isn't logical. It doesn't make sense. But we can get very illogical with the what ifs. And that can become a runaway negative thought train. Do not get on the train. <laughs> get off the train. Again, before it gets momentum. When that train's going really fast, it's very hard to jump off and not kill yourself. Uh, it gets too scary. But if you, if the train is just starting to pull out of the station, you can jump off. So that that's that same thing with the momentum again. So really think of that. It's important also to isolate the event and not generalize it to your whole life or catastrophize those. You know, those things really get in our way. So ask yourself, really. All right. Tip number four for stopping negative thinking is to talk to yourself like a friend. I've talked about this one before, but this is one of those that's been research-based and all that good stuff. And it is a great way to help detach when you think about how you'd behave if whatever this was, was happening to your best friend. What would you say to someone else in your situation? to a friend, to a colleague, to uh, to your family member, what would you say to them? Would you be so harsh with them as you're being with yourself? I don't think so. I really don't. So yeah, I got to really picture yourself uh, talking to them and having a conversation, full on role play it. And you'll see that your language completely shifts. Just role play it all alone. You can do it. Uh, don't be embarrassed. Just, you know, or go somewhere and be alone. Just do it. You'll see your language really shifts. So talk to yourself like a friend. That's another great way to stop negative thinking. All right. Tip number five. We're getting towards the end here of people. Think of what's possible. And this tip comes from a book I read called Freeing Yourself from Anxiety by uh, Dr. Uh, Tamar Chansky. I'll link to it in the show notes. It was a, it was a decent book, I, but I really, uh, I, I can't say I was blown away by it, but I liked it. It was a good book. Thank you, Dr. Chansky, for writing it. Um, and uh, she had a really great quote, quote in there that I liked. And she says, we feel a lot of pressure to turn it all around and make it positive, but research has found that when you're down and out and force yourself to say positive things to yourself, you end up feeling worse. And that's because of our internal, we have this internal lie detector and it goes off. So if you're telling you something positive and you don't believe it, you actually don't feel as good. It, it's not good. So she teaches this technique she calls possible thinking. What Think of what's possible, possible thinking. So instead of thinking the happy, positive thought that you don't believe, <laughs> go for a neutral thought about the situation and lay out the facts. So instead of telling yourself, oh my God, I'm a big fat pig, you would instead say, okay, I'd like to lose 10 pounds. I know how to do it. I, I've done it. Maybe you've even done it before, but, or let's say we all know how to lose 10 pounds, right? Eat less, exercise, move more. It's, it's not rocket science. Uh, you know, I know how to do it. You know, you just become factual. When you focus on the facts, you get into problem-solving solutions. So then you, you, of course, you'd say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds. I know how to do it. Let me make a grocery list. Let me talk to my husband. Let me, whatever. Uh, you start to actually get into solutions. So a facts focus gives you more options and directions to choose from, of course, than the, oh my God, I'm just a big fat pig. What am I going to do? So 
uh, just shifting that around. And I really, I liked it. What, what's possible? Think of what's possible. Possible thinking. I liked it a lot because it, I don't like the forced cheerfulness or the, that whole, yeah, lying to ourselves. Because if you don't believe it, it's a waste of your time. Uh, okay. So that's number five. Number six is to name it. Name it, baby. Uh, giving your, it, it, giving your inner, crit, inner critic a name I'm, I think I first saw that with uh, Brene Brown, the the famous Brene Brown. You know, she's a, if you don't know who she is and you're living under a rock, she's a research professor at the University of Houston Graduate School of Social Work. Um, she's written a bunch of books. I think this is from The Gifts of Imperfection. I'm pretty sure that's where I got this from. And uh, so she says, but she has a bunch of books and they're all, they're all good. Uh <laughs> She likes the idea of giving your critic, your inner critic, a, a silly name too. She thinks it should be silly or one that makes you, you know, one that makes you laugh or smile. And her thinking is that it's hard to take your inner voice seriously when you call it, you know, the diva. Here comes the diva again. Oh, there's the diva, right? She calls hers, I think, the gremlin, the gremlin, I'm 99% sure. So, you know, whatever you want to call your inner critic, that negative inner voice, giving it a name is brilliant. It really does work. Um, I said the diva because that's the name of mine. Um, <laughs> and that's what I do. I'm like, Ooh, here she comes again. Here comes the diva again. Uh, you know, and it really, the lightness and the humor, it helps to break that emotional hold that your negative thinking has over you. And the idea is that it basically short circuits your anxiety and negativity when you do this. And it really does work. It gets your head sort of a different place. So name that inner critic. Go for it. All right. I'd love to hear the names. Feel free to leave a, to send me an email with that. That would be really fun to get. Um, or, you know, DM me on Facebook or something, but that's awesome. Okay. Tip number seven. And the last one is to set yourself apart from the thought. There we go again with that distance stuff, the detachment. But naming and then creating distance between yourself and the thought, this is a time-tested effective technique. This one's probably been around, I think, the longest. So, so instead of your inner dialogue being, you know, I'm a bad father, you change it to I'm having the thought that I'm a bad father. You, you separate out the thought from who you are. Uh, and I say this a lot, that uh, a lot of things are states, not traits. So no one is motivated or, you know, um, it, or happy or whatever. It, that it's, it's, you're in a state of that. It's not a trait. You're in a state of that being motivated. Even very motivated people sometimes aren't because, <laughs> you know, who seem very motivated all the time. There's definitely times when they're not motivated and they have to sort of come back to it. They just have good tools to get back to motivation as quickly as possible. Usually those tools are habits and they create momentum. And guess what happens with positive momentum? You guessed it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so, but you separate out the thing. Um, it's And uh, the other thing to add to it, sorry, I start to stutter here. Uh, <laughs> and you want to add a layer, you can also name the feeling. So putting your feelings into words, basically it gives them less power. We know this, again, it's from the research. When you put your feelings into words, you give them less power. So you'd switch something like, okay, I'm, ne I'm never going to be successful. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to be successful to you add the feeling. I'm having the emotion of shame around this thought that I'm never going to be successful. 
and you do it with I'm a bad father. Instead of I'm having the thought that I'm a bad father, you would say I'm having the emotion. Uh, sounds like shame again. I'm having the maybe it's the emotion of guilt. Uh, that and the thought that I'm a bad father, right? You, so you're naming the emotion. So I'm having this thought. Yeah, I'm having the emotion of guilt around this thought that I'm a bad father. That's kind of how you do that. And what that does is, again, it sort of, it names the feeling, it gives it less power, it separates you from it. It's, you aren't that thing. And it really creates this detachment, this, uh, this, but this also um, really being real and clear about something. It's, it's really incredibly effective. Okay. So that's it. Those are my top seven tips. Using any or all of these tips consistently will definitely help you stop those negative, cynical thoughts and feelings in their tracks. And that's today's broadcast. I am your ever-loving host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. Uh, Come on by, leave that review for me, please. Subscribe to the channel and come on over and get your free download, the with seven, these top seven tips for stopping negative thinking. Have an awesome week and I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.